Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a semi-weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, James Floyd Kelly of Delver fame joins me. He writes and publishes zines on a regular basis, supporting such systems as Old School Essentials, Shadow Dark, and Mothership. A Facebook discussion between us about Kickstarter ads prompted this meeting. But we discuss the business end of creating zines, running Kickstarters, and managing expectations in this episode. It's time to get moving. The GM is getting impatient. He's about to make a wandering monster roll if I dally any longer with this introduction. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, James. Hey, Jeffrey. Well, thanks for joining me. I am glad to be here finally. <laughs> Finally, I think we we did one a long time ago. We did a a roundup, uh, but it was I think multiple people. Yeah, there were four of us, I believe. It has been a while. I I think uh, I've probably been about two years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Zach and uh, let's see who else was there. Um, I think Mark Finn was there. I think you're right. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Been a lot of water in the bridge since then. Really has uh, the zine the zine whatever you want to call it, the zine community has just exploded. Um, yes, it has. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, it has been. I think it's it's kind of interesting. Um, and, I, and I guess, you know, um, and the, the, the sad part is I've been more busy in doing my business that the sad part is my head's been kind of uh, down to the, down to the ground as I'm working away, and I, I, I am less engaged, unfortunately, with what's going on with a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I, I have just recently made the decision to try to re-engage with a lot of my fellow content creators because I was feeling the same way. I was like, I've, I've let, I've let, <laughs> take a step back. I had somebody a couple of years ago, they said, okay, here's the deal. When you get 10 publications of your own that you're selling out of your, wherever your basement or your office or whatever, you've become a publisher. And I kind of laughed at that, but honestly, I have about, I think I'm at 30 now, 30 different zines. And it has, it's become a business. Like I, I, I want to get back to the, the fun, not that writing zines isn't fun, but I want to get back to that point where I'm able to connect with my fellow content creators and yeah. see how we can help one another and things like that. Well, I think the thing is, is that if you're doing more than one or, or doing a, more than a couple of Kickstarters a year, um, you are busy in a process and like, for me, it's like I can't just think about what my next Kickstarter is. I got to think about the Kickstarter after that, the Kickstarter after that, and also the Kickstarter after that. So it's like, especially with getting people. So you're, you're, there's a, never a point where you could just kind of stop because if you stop, then you've just cost yourself, you know, months. Yeah. yeah. And, and when, you, when you do regular Kickstarters, whether it's once a month, once a quarter, twice a year, whatever, your readers do, they expect, you know, they, you've trained them. And so you sort of, I won't say you've dug yourself a hole, but I'm going to say it. I, you know, I've, I sort of dug myself a hole, but, uh, but I, I'm not going to complain because, you know, 
how many of us have said, man, I would love to be able to make a living doing what I love and enjoy. Well, some of us are there. And uh, so I'm not going to complain too loud, but you're right. I'm not working on, I have a Kickstarter launching in about four days, but that one was designed a while back. I'm already, you know, another uh, Kickstarter and almost a Kickstarter and a half ahead uh, of where. uh, So now I have to go back and think, oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to be launching these two on January 15th and uh questions come up and things like that about, you know, what was I thinking when I, or how am I going to present this and stuff like that? So but I did most, reach out to you. Yeah. Most that. of your stuff though is you're, you're doing the writing for all your stuff. Are you? Yeah, but that's got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trained as a technical writer. <laughs> I can, I can write. Uh, I used to think I can write a lot. I can write three to 4,000 words a day if I really put nose to grindstone, but I have a friend that does like 8,000 words a day. And, um, but you know, when the words per day is not, when you're writing for gaming content, words per day doesn't mean a lot because if the content isn't something that people enjoy to read or use in their own games, what's the point? So for me, the writing's not the hard part. It's the creative part. I mean, you know, you, you writer block or writer's block or creativity block, whatever you want to call it. It's a real thing. And so I made 2024 my decision in 2024. I was going to start opening up some of my uh, my zines to third party, well, freelance writers. And uh, so I, I got to get on that. Well, yeah, I couldn't write. Well, I say couldn't. I, we all can do things. <laughs> it's like, I just know it's very difficult for me to to have a large output of writing. Yeah. And yeah. so I knew right early on. For me to do more than just a little bit here and there, I had to get other people to write. There was no other way. Yeah, I think I think you did it. I I, I not think I, I I know from a content creator's point of view that you've done it right. Um, it's hard. It's hard sometimes when you create something to open it up to other people, but you have to do it because if you don't, um, you can get overwhelmed. Life sometimes hits you with strange roadblocks or things that happen. And so uh, that's one of the reasons I, I you know, um, I enjoy the the uh, RPG Zines Facebook group because I can touch base with other people and maybe get a friendly shoulder to cry on sometimes or ask some questions <laughs> yes. and things. Yeah, and I think for me, and I've had a, I had a talk with Luau Lu, I think he's like you. It's. I think there's a feeling of certain thing being your baby. Yeah. And for me, it's like I see a certain thing and I need it to come about and be. And I may have strong opinions on it, but I don't have to be the one to necessarily do it. I just need to make sure it exists. Right. Listen, I used to manage uh, when I was a tech writer uh, for, for – I wrote about 35 books over a 10-year period. And out of those 35 books, there were five to 10 of them that were compilations. They were like multiple authors contributing. And the way those books worked is the publisher, um, if I pitched the book or they asked me to run the book, I was responsible not only for writing my content, but if let's say it was a 10 chapter book, 10 writers contributing each chapter, you know, I had to corral those cats, you know, and make sure the deadlines were getting met and the editors were ready to roll when someone turned their stuff in. And 
So I know what I'm I know what I'm facing when I open those doors. I'm going to open those doors very slowly. Um, but I need to Gary because or not Gary Jeffrey because you see Gary Gary's, you see Gary's <laughs> I see Gary's appendix. Um, the the whole point of Gary's appendix was that a reader could get multiple sources for ideas and things like that. And so I have finally come to the conclusion that it's got to happen. Delver has to open up. Um, and I, and the good news is I have plenty of people who've said, Hey man, if you, if you all want some content, I'll, I'll get you some. So I've got, I've got some good content creators out there who I think I can depend on. What I've found that has worked for me is you, you, you have to continually grow that stable because you'll have people that will be good, but they may be only on for an issue or two. And then for whatever reason, they're no longer are. And so I am finding myself needing to expand out. Um, and, and, and it's also good too. Cause I, I don't want just, I'd like to have, I, I still like, there's certain people I'm, I'm glad to have every issue and I'd love and forever as far as the people that have written, from the beginning, I'm happy, but it's also good to get new voices coming in. And also if somebody says, you know what, I just don't have anything this month or this time, or this time, you can say, it's okay. I'll catch you next time. Yeah. No, uh, I, I won't say that I have trouble coming up with content. I, I have journals all over the house where I write down ideas when they, you know, come into my mind so I don't lose them. And then once a month I, I go around and I start collecting all these pieces of paper and things and start putting my ideas down on like, you know, in, in one place. But um, I've never really had a trouble with creating content. The problem now is time. I, I'm enjoying creating the content for multiple games, not just like an old school game. Um, and so I have to, I'm having to accept the reality that I'm going to have to take a step back, let some other people create the content so that I can continue to put out what my readers are expecting, you know, on a somewhat regular basis. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll touch base in a year. Let's, yes. <laughs> let's come back in a year and say, Jim, how's your sanity right now? Let's see. Yeah, I think, um, and I think it's also interesting. I mean, I, I have a certain, I think there's other things I've done that I have a certain amount of ownership or want to have control. And it is kind of interesting where, you know, you may ask a person for doing something large like an adventure, and it may not come back like you're thinking it will. Not that it's bad, but it's different. And I yeah. find it's interesting how to, you know, stop for a minute, look it over, think about it, uh, let it change you and then and then look at it again and then uh, create some sort of synthesis. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting where I think sometimes, you know, with some with some material, not necessarily like Gary's appendix, but like, say, adventures, it's that whole, uh, you know, like somebody has an idea and you look at it and you think you have a little bit different idea, but then you look at the two, compare the two ideas, and then something between the two kind of emerges. And it's, you know, I mean, it's like, we, we all have, and I recognize myself, I got limitations. I got short-sightedness in certain areas. And, um, and it's good to have a voice outside of my own rather than me just always trying to dictate what things are supposed to be because, or I think they are, because I can be surprised by, you know, by something new. I reached out um, when I did the first issue of the Runes magazine, which is for the new 
um, Shadow Dark RPG by Kelsey Dion. Um, I was I was doing Delver, and I but I wanted to do Runes. I really and I really liked Shadow Dark. I really fell into it. I thought, man, I love old school games, but there was something about it. And I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for that game. And so I started to do it, but my time was extremely limited. And so I'm, I'm very thankful because I reached out to uh, a friend of mine, Dan, Professor DM. Yeah. I don't know if you follow his channel, and I said, hey would you be willing to write an article for rooms? You know, I, I needed some more content and, you know, he said, would, would love to, what, what do you want? And so I kind of was, it was kind of nice that he did that. He allowed me to say, I want it on this topic. And he wrote to that topic. So it sort of was a slow, like, okay, I didn't give him full reign. He, he, he let me, you know, sort of re- keep him within the, the fence yeah. line. But I, I, I think I can do that. I think I'm going to, you know, um, some of the things that are in Delver, for example, like random tables and stuff like that, I can give small guidelines, like what I'm looking at, word count, things like that. But for adventures, I have to accept the fact that every person out there who's ever written an RPG adventure writes it a little differently, not like you do. Right. And so uh, I'm looking forward I, I'm, I'm, my heart race, my heart's racing to saying I'm looking forward to that first adventure in, in Delver that I didn't write. Uh, I don't know how, you know, but I have to put faith in my writers and, and say, listen, you know, um, I, I've, re- I've written some bad adventures. I've played some bad adventures. Um, I read Dragon Magazine as a kid. There were plenty of, you know, mediocre ones, but you, as a DM, you took it. And you made it your own. And so right. that's what you kind of hope for with the adventures you produce. And so I'm hoping that whatever writers want to contribute adventures, they'll, you know, they'll give me the best they can, and then we'll put it out there. So for uh, I have a post-apocalyptic, um, it's not going to be a series. I had the first issue, uh, Journey of the Madlands, done a, a couple years ago. I'm doing a follow-up issue. But I, I took the idea for the post-apocalyptic creatures uh, from um, the Microsoft game. Do uh, you remember... Uh, impossible creatures. I don't know. I don't know that one. Was it? A, it was a video. It was a computer game, PC game. Yeah. So it was a. So what, you look up impossible creatures, and what you would do is uh, it was um, you had a scientist, and you would combine creatures for an army. Okay. And then you would combine, say, termite and um, and elephant and or bombardier beetle and and porpoise or maybe wasp and tiger and and it would produce these these creatures and you kind of do like the scale that would change them you know like what's more dominant and so and then you would you know you you, use like the the typical games where you explore and then you find the other person you attack them so you're sending these these mutated odd creatures but the idea is they're they're not like there are natural creatures that are combined in a way and uh, so I created a, a spreadsheet to randomize the, <laughs> the creatures, <laughs> and then I created a couple uh, randomizers to trigger other aspects to throw into that, sure. and then it gives me a prompt. Yeah, you know. So, so for this one, there'll be a coyote and a porcupine, octopus and a gorilla, and an archer mm-hmm. fish and a bear, or yeah. three of them. 
So then I create a whole ecology around these things, and then I ask an artist to draw them. I did that recently, and also the first Badlands is a similar situation. Um, the first Badlands, I the artist was a person from uh, originally from Spain, living in um, living in um, he's living in um, Taiwan, and um, so some of the stuff I thought he I I thought everybody knew what a walking stick was, and I kind of described it in such a way, but. Not Even a clue. Not. Yeah. And, and I thought I was describing a dragonfly. Uh, and I don't know if he knew what a dragonfly was. It came out as a normal fly. And I thought, I thought, you know, on one hand, it's I don't mind because it could be that the person writing this was inaccurate. It could be the person drawing it was inaccurate. They both could be inaccurate. Like there's a certain amount of like, I don't have to have it exactly like it's in my head because it's okay. And I had this other person draw. I'd say his stuff came out closer to what I had in my mind, but he added flourishes that I would not have put in there. And I'm not going to say anything because I'm glad it's a different vision of what it is. And I, and I feel a little bit more liberated for having to be like, you know, this isn't exactly what I'm looking for. I want, you know, like he added some flourishes, like that's cool. And like the, the, the coyo pine, the coyote porcupine, I would have gained it a, a more more doggish snout, but he did a more porcupine. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I need to be surprised, and I need to not be trying to control all levels of it. And it's within the parameters I set. And it was this person's vision, and it's there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, artists. Um, I, I've you know I, I typically stuck with with uh, clip art or not clip art uh, stock stock art. But I've only recently been able to find a few artists that I've been like, okay, I can work with your your payment, you know, your your uh, your fees. Um, I'm still small school here, and and so I found an artist recently, and the only thing I asked of him was, I said, look, uh, my thing isn't the isn't what you create for me; it's that you get it to me on time. Because, you know, when you're creating layouts and spreads and things and you've got to drop art in there, um, you know, you can write all the content, but when you want to put some art in there, uh, it can really mess with your layout. So ha- having it on time is great. But what's even better is when the artist gives you what you asked for. And I, I'm not an artist. <clears throat> I couldn't draw all these things. So anything they deliver to me is usually a step up from what I could sketch myself, but I've learned to just tell the artist, I need a, I need an image of this. Uh, it should have these sort of elements, but, and I always try to add, I trust you on this. I, I, you're the artist. So give me what you can. And to the point I haven't, I haven't been disappointed. Um, I, I like, I, I'm starting to really enjoy working with artists because I can take that part off of my to-do list. I don't need to get an art piece for this page or or this creature or whatever. I just know it's coming. The hard part for me is just finding people who will deliver on time. Um, I've been – my first experience was bad. It turned out fine. Um, and my other experiences has been good. I've had people f- – Blake out only one enough that it really kind of was an issue, but for the most part, I've most have been pretty decent, and and some are very fast and uh, very dependable, so yeah. they are out there. Um, but well, for you, you you know, um, I think uh, 
the internals of Gary's appendix is black and white, right? Correct. I think that's right. Yeah. So same with Delver and Runes. Um, the the interior being black and white that helps uh, because uh, you know with the color you I know that adds a com, uh, a little bit of time or a lot of time depending on the artist. So been very fortunate that I just require right now line art, black and white drawings. But um, yeah, I I'm hoping to avoid that, you know. But I know as someone who's been involved in multiple author projects, I've written for books that there were multiple contributors, and when the publisher says, "Look, the deadline is." March 1st, you know, if you're a writer, if you've been writing long enough, you know that one writer is going to push that deadline and it slows everything down. Um, you know, it, it pushes out. Uh, that's one of the reasons, and, and I'm not trying to get on a, on a pedestal here, but that's one of the reasons whenever I look at Kickstarters and they have a due date or a fulfillment date of like a year or two out, those are the ones I'm like, no, they're, they're get, they're getting a stable of writers and they're right. hoping for the best. And I know that if they say, you know, backers will receive their rewards on June of 2024. I'm like, nope, I've written in enough of those projects to know that one writer, just one can push it back a month, two or more writers delayed. And so people go, well, why is it? Why are these things taking so long? It's because they've never been involved in one. And so I do give a lot of patience to content creators who are who are handling multiple writers and artists and stuff because when they try to promise a due date, you, you hope for them. But it's hard. It's got to be. Yeah, and that's why my philosophy and my, my – I won't say business strategy because that's a little strong, but um, I generally will never – I will never go to Kickstarter until I'm really very close to being done. I do not want that stress. You know, I'm going to be honest, and if there's anyone watching out there, I've, I've said this in, in some – I have a, a newsletter I put out. Uh, I've, I've said it there. I've said it in maybe an article or two, maybe a couple interviews. But I'm a big believer in the fact that the success – I believe the success of, of my Delver has been that my backers, when the project ends, they usually have that – zine in their hands within two months, usually less. I do two-week two week Kickstarters. It takes two weeks for the money to arrive from, from Kickstarter. Right. When that money shows, I release the PDF right away, and I immediately upload the files to my printer, and the printer can take anywhere from one week to three weeks. They're usually about two. And so I'm able to sort of promise, not promise, but I say, if all goes well, you'll have your printed issue within a month and a half. And I'm a, I'm a big believer that that has been helpful to, to me. I think people, people are sort of getting tired of waiting a year for, for things, you know, you give your money and, and sometimes I forget that I backed something. Well, I, right. that hasn't happened lately because I have this rule. I'm like, if it's more than six to eight months, I'll just, I'll wait. Yeah. And I think people, if you're going to be later, if, if they need to communicate, because I, there's a friend that, um, who on Facebook somebody was complaining, listing about like a high offenders for no communication and late mm -hmm. Kickstarters. And my friend was mentioned, and I went through and did an analysis of his Kickstarters and his comments. And I and I never did go back to the original poster, but then I started thinking about looking at. It. I don't. 
he was never later, I don't think, than he ever promised. It's just that for whatever reason, people kept thinking they maybe needed more regular updates. Yeah. And, yeah. and but it's it, so, I think if you're going to be, if you're going to have an extended Kickstarter, uh, if you're going to be extended in your fulfillment, I should say, you should be communicating often. Right, yeah. Yeah. But I, but you keep it short. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you just say. <laughs> I've learned with with Delver One, I over communicated. I actually had a few people say, "Okay, dude, you're 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 updating like every other day or every, right. three times a week or whatever." And so I ha- I've dialed it back, and I think I've I think I've found that sweet spot where I keep my backers sort of happy. They they know things are moving forward. Like for instance, I'll post a photo when the when the boxes arrive. I do my own fulfillment. So I have this thing now that I do that when the boxes arrive, I open them and take a picture and I post, boxes are here. And so my backers know there's their milestones. A, you're 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 you are uh, posting milestones, not yes. it, not it's yes. not a blog. But I think this person didn't have milestones to be communicated, but if you're going to be 9 months out, yeah. You probably ought to still be putting something out every every three weeks to say, hey. Well, you know, if anyone's out there is watching this and, and they're they've been contemplating doing a zine, that's that's one of them. You gotta communicate with your backers, you gotta let them know where you are in the process or what's happening and stuff like that. But I think another thing that um you need to be aware of is that there is a community of zine creators and we, we talk on your Facebook group and things like that. There's this community out there that um, has sort of grown up again. Remember because zine sort of shrunk and maybe they were always in a musical community or whatever, but with the RPGs, they sort of collapsed. And then all of a sudden there's this been this renaissance of, of zines. And I think anyone who's trying to thinking of getting into this, this is the perfect time because zine quest is, in just a few weeks, yeah, um, you could you could start there um, and test the waters and see how you like it. Um, but you have to know what you're getting into. Uh, we've already, I mean, in just twenty or thirty minutes, we've talked about artists and, and content creator writers and deadlines and communication. I mean, there's there's and there's more. There's a lot more that we we probably could uh, could bring up, but. I try to encourage anyone who ever reaches out to me and says, hey, I, I had this idea. I'm like, look, write it down. Write it down. Give, give yourself a paragraph of what your zine's going to be about. You know, if you're excited about it, if you're really excited about it, there are going to be other people excited about it. I think zines are the long tail. You know that that term? Yeah. Um, I think zines are the long tail. And But if you were excited about something, there's going to be a, a – you're, you're going to find your, your, your people out there. And um, – uh, but that's one of them. communication. Golly, man. I mean, uh, I, I just, I feel like I, I, there are times I feel like I don't tell my backers enough, but then I have to remember, no, 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 you're doing fine. You know, you, you used to do too much. Now you're, uh, yeah, I, I think I I'll think know when I do too little. If, if something changes from what you're saying, that's a good time to post. But again, milestones, I think are good ones. Proof copies ordered. Okay. Yep. And then when you yep. get the first proof copies in, I will a lot of times will do a flip through video. Yeah. If I don't have it one. done before a Kickstarter, that's a good one to put on a Kickstarter too, if you got it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it, things you know, like and that's that. another thing. Get a zine. If you're going to do a zine, get it done. Especially if it's just you. Get it done. Kickstart it. 
do what Jeffrey said. Include that video of of the walk. You know, get a. It doesn't cost much to get a a, a print copy, full color. If if you're going that route, there are printers out there that'll do one offs, and you know, you may spend a little extra for that one copy. But it when people see that something exists, yes, and uh, man, that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah, for most part, any Kickstarter you do, the closer it is to to um, being completed, the more confident people will be for backing. Unless you're already an established person, right? If you're right. Kevin Crawford, people will write you a check. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't care. What, you, don't you want to know what the fulfillment date is? Nope, nope. I know it'll get here. It'll get here when it gets here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the. Uh, there, there, you know what? It, it occurs to me that for the RPG zine Facebook group, we could we could probably create a zine of the best of the 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 best advice. You know, get every RPG zener in there to give you a paragraph, and 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 you know, we'll make it a PDF or something. But I every time I speak to someone to to other creators like like you, Jeffrey. I learned something, something, something new. The the flip through never occurred to me. Never. I, I, the first one I did, I did it on my deck. It was in the summertime and we had some chimes in the background. I think my dog was walking and I wasn't paying attention. I just did it outside and I was flipping through and somebody remarked like, like, is that your backyard? Like, that's so relaxing. (laughs) So I'd almost had an ASMR video. Wow, I didn't think about yeah, that's I was thinking it would be annoying, but you're right. Some people would probably be like, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get your zine and I'm gonna go out on the patio and I'm just gonna, yeah. but just, just I think flip. the idea of seeing it flip through and hear just the a little bit of ambient sound and you know, it's just a nice summer day. And uh but so you you know, with your you can do it multiple ways, but it's it's communicating in a way that people can engage and doesn't take a lot of their time. Uh is that it, it is easy to do. Yeah. What's your, um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to put you on the spot here with Gary's appendix. What's your favorite part of the, of the zine process? My favorite part is there's two parts. I do enjoy writing the bestiary. I do enjoy getting the covers uh, for it. And I, I really don't like, Roughing out the layout, I don't really care for, but when I'm doing the final tweaks for the layout, I really enjoy that. So yeah. those are just odd things. I don't know why those things stick out, but but when when I have all the text, I'm like, how am I going to make this fit? How am I going to do this? It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Do I need art? Like Playtesting, my adventure. That's my favorite part. Well, see, here's the deal. Um, I I I do not up until this moment. There is not one thing I created that has to be play tested. That's a good point. Yeah. But now I'm coming up with, because I don't know why, I guess I'm mean. Now I got like, like they have people write like four different adventures. I've never play tested. I don't know why I've, I've committed to, I financially and emotionally committed to doing things I haven't done on that scale. But now it's like, okay, there's going to be a point where I'm going to have to play test all these things. I don't know. Um, it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and feel free to ring me up when it comes out. Let me tell you, with with the playtesting, you know, first off, playtesting is like running any RPG game. It's getting those people together. Right? So, 
So what you're talking about, let's just, let's just scale us back. Cause, um, sure. And I know we got limited time. And so yes. you had some questions. And and I think the play testing, I'm, I'm very interested in. Uh, so well, then let's make, we'll do that as a separate. Uh, no, we'll just, we'll, we can go through this. I think we're fine here. Okay. So, okay. so I'm going to ask a very question. So for, for play testing, you are just, the play testing, do you seek people outside of yourself to run a, a play test of your product? No, I okay. run them. Okay. I run them. I, and, and the only reason, and, and that's going to have to change, uh, especially once I start offering up some freelance writers the opportunity to do that. But the reason I do it is if I create the, the adventure, I probably know it the best. I know, I know the tricks. I know the surprises, things like that. Um, when I run them, most of the time I run them online. Most of my plates, I have a stable of about, well, I guess now it's about eight. I had one drop out. I have about eight folks that I can call on and say, hey, I got, I got an adventure. It's going to be two to three hours online. Um, I used to do them locally in Atlanta before COVID, uh, um, not for Delver. I used to write adventures for Goodman Games, fifth edition. Oh, really? uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. But um, they have a series of modules, or what I call them modules, adventures called Fifth Edition Fantasy, and it's for the Fifth Edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And um, I, I was at Gen Con and ran into Joseph uh, Goodman, and I, somehow, somehow, I managed to convince him to let me have a shot. And he let me write these little mini adventures. Uh, he, he, they produced one of the first fantasy, Fifth Fantasy. Uh, books that had like, I think, 12 mini adventures in it. It was only 48 pages, so everyone was like four pages. And um, I think I wrote, I submitted 10, and he picked, I think, five. So five out of the 12 were mine, which I took to, you know, I was like, well, Joe, I'm ready to write a big module. And I didn't think he would, like, bite right away, but he did. And, uh, you know, they said, hit me with, I think it was five or six paragraph ideas. So I did that, and then he picked one, and he picked the one that I was like, oh, he won't pick this one. He'll, you know, he'll like that one. Nope. He picked the one I was like, shit. And, and they were all good ideas. It was just the one that I was like had the least mental energy spent on. So I, But to get to your story, you know, when you do a play test, you're either going to do it in person or digital. Digital is a whole other issue, but in person is an issue. With in person, you got to get five people, six people at a table and they, you know, and get them all there at the same time. Right, you're limited by by people and space. Yes, but when you open it up to online, because I've met, I've met and played with so many people over the years, and and I maintain contact with them, that it was pretty easy to reach out to you and say, hey, if you're interested, I I, I got this uh, adventure I'm running, and you don't have to do anything. I'll provide. Oh, and, and let me let me tell you, um, with one set of adventures, I was. I, I was running a campaign. Their characters would progress. But I've since learned that when I create an adventure, what I do is I create four or five, sometimes more, pre-gen characters to provide to my players. It's, it speeds right. things up, right? So you can write to the level you're, you're, you're writing for, the level of the adventure. Um, and, and if they die, they don't have any emotional attachment. Well, well you've got limited time, right? You're wanting to take right. advantage of people's... They're giving you your time. You want to make it as efficient as possible. Right. But you you have to play test. And I'll tell you, the, the here's the short story. The first time I play tested one of my adventures for the Goodman Games uh, module that I was running was a full adventure. One of my players cast Banish on my bad guy. 
banish causes if they fail their uh, if they fail their wisdom. I forget what it, it was. Uh, whatever the role was, if they if the bad guy fails it, they are teleported to another plane for like a minute, sixty seconds. It was enough. It threw me. I wasn't ready for it. They banished them, and then when the and why in that sixty seconds, they took the opportunity to heal up, get in position, set up a couple really good traps, and when the thing reappeared, it was it was it was hilarious. But if I hadn't run that, I would not have been able to go back and edit the adventure to make it where if that was a possibility, the GM wouldn't be like you know hung out to dry. Um, so you do, you have to play test them. And so now I play test at the end. I ask them for, uh, you know, half a page of notes. Um, they, I, I give them an email address and just say, send it to me. There's, there's no, if you hate it, say, I hate it. Um, they give me good feedback. Sometimes it's this monster was too powerful. Sometimes it's that trap was just too complicated to figure out, Yeah. but you gotta have it. And, uh, uh, so I feel that the adventures I write, because I know they've been played, um, I feel that they are ready for a GM to take and 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 tweak a little here and there and, and run it and do what they need. Well, to. and I think if you're running smaller adventures, there's less at stake. Yeah. And so for you, it's like it may not be worth the hassle of finding four other groups to run it independently. So if you're just doing, because honestly, if 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 it's in a zine and it's a small adventure, and like you said with Dragon, if it doesn't work out, I'd be like, it's okay. You know, it's like I still yeah. got my money's worth. But yeah. if you spend it, but if you got a forty-page adventure and you spent thirty-five bucks yeah. for it, and all of a sudden it's like this is like I don't understand it. It's confusing and lame. Yeah. Uh, it probably needs more extensive. Playtesting, yeah. I'll give I'll give Joseph and Goodman Games the biggest props. Um, when you write for them, they send you this like. When, at the time I was doing it, it was like twenty or thirty page. It was a it was a guide manual. It had everything from like fonts to use to um, you know if you write gold piece, do you do six space GP or oh, is it six? Yeah, GP? it's a, uh, a style, style bible. Guide. Style bible. So they not, they not only provided that, but they have no qualms about sending back five pages and saying, "Redo this," you know, whatever. So you you thicken your skin a little bit, and you learn that you know it's nothing personal. They just some something they didn't like in the in that adventure. They also do run test adventures of that stuff you're doing. You're required. Right. You're they ask you to do it, but they also do it on their own. Um, but that was probably one of the best experiences I ever had. I wrote, I wrote three full sized and then those, those five minis and, uh, great experience. Hmm. And, uh, they, they actually wrote, if you're, if you're in, into that sort of, sort of thing, Goodman games has a book that they published called how to write adventures that don't suck. It's a PDF. You can get it in PDF or print yeah. and read it. It's it's outstanding. It's a great book. Okay. Yeah, and I think the thing is, you know, going back to if you do it online, like through Zoom, uh, you can record the session. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> I do because sometimes I forget what uh, one of the players like did or said, or uh, maybe some of the questions they ask, I'm like, Oh, I got to remember that. But then I don't, you know, I'll write it down, but sometimes there's just so much going on. So what I typically do is I, um, 
I'll rewatch the adventure, some portions of it when I when I get to my notes. And uh, yeah, it, it's helpful to record it. So definitely do that. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking because some of my stuff is actually going to be longer. I do want other people to run it because it's I know what I'm writing. I may I'm not run writing them, uh, but I'm going to be editing them and and so forth. But you know, I just want to make sure that it's clear to everybody who runs it, like what should be happening. And so yeah. and I'm just trying to think of ways to get other people. And I thought about maybe, you know, through maybe give a certain payment, you know, if you run a game, uh, you know, X amount of dollars. <laughs> no, my players are going to be watching this and be like, payment? What? What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the no. players, just the GM. <laughs> yeah, the GM. Yeah. Now that I could get. And, and uh, the players – you know, if one of my players said, look, you know, it's two to three hours. How about throwing some money my way? I can do that now. Uh, Delver has reached a point where I, I can do that. But when you're starting a zine, you're on a, you're, man, you don't know how much you're going to pull in or how much profit's going to be left over. And let me tell you, let me tell you a secret. I can't speak for Jeffrey here, but zines are not going to put you in Hollywood. They're, you're not going to be living the Beverly Hills uh you're not going to be living the Beverly Hill lifestyle as a zine zine writer creator. No, because it's everything. Every decision you, gotta, you do, he's got to say what's my return on it. Right. So, because yeah. like for instance, um, you know, it's you know whether you're you know going back to using stock art or paying for art. I mean, you go through the, all these things. It's like, what does that really? How's affect the bottom line? And yeah. you may say, well, I'm not just in it for the money, and that's fine. But in the end. If you spend three hundred fifty dollars on a cover versus spending twenty five dollars on on stock art, yeah, it's that can be a big difference. You got to recover it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah, but. yeah. There's there's a like I said there's there's so many things about zine creation and content creation that that you could have a different episode on every single one of them and they would roll into the hours of this. I mean. You you know as well as I do that when you sometimes get in discussions with content creators, you can have one subject and you could talk on it for hours because everybody has a different experience and and they have different results and and that's kind of how this thing I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it turn it on turn it back on you is that you know one of the things that started this conversation with you and me was Delver has sort of reached this like uh, it, it's sort of stable. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing uh, the growth that I want. But I'm not seeing a decline, and so I want to. I want to go that extra. I want to try to kick it up again. And so I think I, I reached out to you and some others, and I said, you know, how are you advertising? And you said that you uh, you've had good. I don't know. I, I don't remember your exact words, but you said Facebook works for you. Well, all I said is I've never lost money on Facebook ads. So I've I have. Uh, Yum Yum GM uh, worked with us trying to record a session. He didn't want to do it, but he kind of walked me through doing setting up Facebook ads. It's not clear just to go in and do it. No, it's not. Um, once you set it, do your first one, then you can just replicate it. It's not a big deal. Um, but I have spent generally between $200 to $500. Um, and I'm going to qualify some things. Um, just so we're clear, um, the way I determine making money or not making money or return is based off of tracking from the ads to um, 
the tracking of ads from uh, the uh, from Facebook to the Kickstarter. So if you put in a custom link, yep. you can track that. Yep. But what I will tell you is I believe if somebody clicks the uh, keep me notified, whatever that is in Kickstarter, I don't know why I can't remember it. So whether it's pre-launch and they say notify me later or they say I'm interested, I think the minute that they click that and then at a later time they go back and um, – decide to um, uh, actually uh, make the, the commitment, I think Kickstarter takes the credit for it. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. I firmly, I firmly, I firmly believe that. Um, so that being said, when I look at the numbers, generally it's, it's generally dollar for dollar. Um, whatever I spend, I get back. Yeah. I, 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 the... <clears throat> So for Gary's appendix, I I don't worry so much about pre-launch because I usually get okay numbers at pre-launch. But mm-hmm. when I started Scoundrels of Brixton, I spent five hundred dollars on Facebook because it's a traveler. It's a it's not a traveler. It's it's a traveler. Um, uh, it's a Cephas engine. So you know, then you take a small group of people with traveler, and you're talking about a smaller group of people who knows what Cephas is to identify this traveler. Yeah. And so I thought I need to spend as much as I can. Well, not as much as I can. So I, I spent I spent five hundred dollars on the cover and I spent five hundred dollars on Facebook ads. And yeah. uh, and that's the long tail. I mean, you were going after the long tail uh for for, for that particular issue. Well, and I just knew that it I had to come out swinging. Now, in the end, it funded for like forty one hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh I I, so what I did is I had less interior art. I worked very, very, very hard to create uh, a, a layout design, a visual design that had graphical elements to not make it feel like it was devoid of art. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I was able to sacrifice, and it worked out okay. Um, and I don't regret it, but I'm not going to spend $500 again for that, but it's worked out. But, um, but I will say that um, the Facebook ads, the problem with Facebook ads is it's, you, you think you could narrow it more than you can. I've played with them, just not, not launching, but I've played with the, met, the, the settings. And, you know, it's interesting. You dial in the age group and you can go down to like the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The locale or the, yeah. the, the, uh, I want all left-handed blind women in the exactly. city of whatever, but yeah. you can't say, I want everybody in this Facebook group to get hit. Right. <laughs> that, and, and you just hit it. You just hit one of what my problem was. I was trying to find out how to advertise to, you know, people on Facebook who frequented certain groups or certain discussions. Yeah. And it's not there. No, I know. I know. It's stupid. It's like it's like it's so easy. If I could just say these and, three groups, market and to Facebook's these people. making billions of dollars, and I'm thinking you're making billions. So obviously, you don't care because if you gave us that functionality, you'd make billions of billions. But yeah, whatever. You know. So what you can do is you get lucky. Traveler is luckily Traveler is somehow an option in the RPG groups. I don't know how old school essentials isn't. I don't know why it's that not. is. 
I don't know why it doesn't make any sense. Why Traveler? Well, it does make sense if you know the reason, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's unfathomable to me. So it's not related to group size. It's definitely no. no. They don't care about group size. So I would say that uh, doing the general population, um, I just have done it. I've done it. So if it's something, if something I want to get something new that's never really been done before, I will, I will, I will push. I'll push uh, the Facebook ad to <laughs> earlier to generate more people to push the notify yeah. me at launch to hopefully get the the Kickstarter algorithm to yeah. promote it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me it's like the wheel rolling down a hill. You 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 got to get it to a certain point, and then you let it go, and and it just you hope that it just you know was it a you know just. Gathers momentum, I guess. But I, let me let. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. Let me ask you this question. Um, sort of change the subject here. Uh, Zine Quest is coming up next month. Yes. Uh, two weeks. Are you? You have anything planned? Do you want anything you want to talk about? Yeah, Gary's Appendix Five. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. I was like, how can I segue into this? I was like, I'm just gonna. Just, I'll just have him do it. Yeah. What's that you is, got behind you there, Jeffrey? Yeah, yeah. For those who are listening at home and don't have uh, a YouTube, yeah, I got the. Uh, this is a beautiful cover done by um, by Danny, um, who I found on Upwork, uh, who is it's very fast. Awesome. Yeah, he it's taken him a little while to, to dial in my knee because he's never done this kind of stuff before. But I showed him some pictures of the gelatinous cubes, and yes. he just like knocked it out of the park. <laughs> the color, <laughs> the color is in the you know the yellow for Gary's appendix is is pretty standard, but. Yeah. That green, I just, I just saw, I was like, oh, man, that's going to be so good. <laughs> but what I will say is I have not found, I think certain covers all of a sudden are, are just just kicking it. Like, I thought I needed up my game. It has not improved my sales. No. I, I No, I agree. Um, I, I do think that people like to have something physically in their hand. So I will say that... Um, I've seen an improvement. Uh, I, just as an aside, I chose my printer offers this 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 uh, feel. It's called, um, and I just went blank on it. It's called laminate. Uh, just went blank on it. It's like a velvet. The yeah, cover feels. It's a mix them. Mix them. Yes. I the, I, the laminate. I, it makes me feel like. To me, it gives me a sensation of human flesh, and it kind of creeps me out. But I know what you're talking about. But but I've had readers say, "Dude, we love the way the covers because it, it, there's something about it." And yeah. I noticed when I went to that that I had a bump. People were complimenting it and liking it. So you got to tweak here and there. But uh, oh, so, hey, right. I want to get back to Gary's appendix. You're going to be launching this uh, in in February. Yeah, it'll be probably February fifth. February fifth. Um, is it is it going to have any add-ons? You're going to allow add-ons? I don't do add-ons. That's against my philosophy. I don't. Uh, so some stuff. So just to do. So before I started Gary's Appendix, I looked at Delver, and I looked at what you did, and I kind of I didn't necessarily model myself after that, but I the idea of old school essentials, certain size zine on a regular basis. I thought I can do that, but I've not been able to duplicate that. Your numbers, the sales. Hmm. And I thought I can. I think I can get at least these numbers, but I for a regular publication. But I found that not to be the case. But I thought it was interesting. 
Well, we'll have to talk offline. Maybe I can help you with that. I don't know. Um, I love Gary's appendix. And, and here's the deal. Um, I, I'm a latecomer to it because I bought the back issues directly from you. And uh, I, to me, it's just one of my favorite. I, I love it because of the variety. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't tell you any secrets other than, you know, I just, I enjoy what I do. And I think, well, I what I will say well is, my- I think this should be a, both a, 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 um, and I'm glad I did it. There's no, there's no regrets. But the fact of the matter is, you can look at something and you can think, I can do that. You may think you can, uh, but you may not be able to. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's a learning curve. I had to learn layout. I had to learn the software. I use. Um, I, I used to use something called Lucid. Now I use the Affinity Publisher. And, yeah. You know, there's. You got to watch some videos. You got. You got to get your hands dirty and well, figure out I how think to it's do a, things. It's the content. I think it comes down to. I think what it's going to say is I've, I've thought about is I think that you. I think the type of content that you're producing, uh, definitely uh, registers with people. It's more utilitarian. And and when I wrote the first Delver, I wrote it for me. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing is you know they they always say create something you would play or you would use, and then hopefully you'll find other people. And so the stuff I just put in Delver was the stuff I was making up for my own games. And uh, so I am glad to hear that it 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 you know it's uh, it's enjoyed by other people. But um, all I can tell you is good luck with your. Good luck with your zine quest. Uh, I'll definitely promote it. I, I promote other people's zines as much as I can. So what are you offering for uh, for zine quest? I'm on the fence. I, I launch one uh, next week. I launch a, what I, it's, it's called the double feature. It's the uh, fantasy RPG double feature. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm still questioning my sanity. I have committed to producing one issue of Delver and one issue of runes every other month i'll do them in january march may and so on and um so by the end of the year there will be 12 issues total six delver six six runes those are getting launched next week so i don't have anything for february other than i've been asked to do um uh, airlock number two i just did airlock number one as a sort of a I don't know why I did. It was for the Mothership RPG. Um, but I, I still get lots of people asking me, you know, when are you going to do another airlock? I might I might kick. I, I have the Kickstarter already, like, done. I just got to yeah. click that button. Um, but I don't know. You know, I feel very blessed that my supporters and backers have allowed me to do this. So I'm, I'm part of me is like, you know what, let 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 some others have the sunshine, you know, you don't need to be producing something every, every time you turn around, but it is hard to say no to zine quest because you do get a good bump. Uh, well, and, yeah. And know. that's where I found. And all of a sudden I just had Gary's appendix just ended in December. I just had it in December. I'm just not fulfilling. And the reason I'm pushing this one is that's the only thing I have that was aligned to actually be a zine. The, the next thing in line is actually a magazine size. Right. And it's like, and I, I'm kind of loath to do this so soon, but here I am. <laughs> you have to strike when the iron's hot, and and Kickstarter makes it easy. You know, they they do a lot of the advertising for you. Um, they make it easy to find all the zines in one place. Whereas you know before that, you just got had to. 
go filter through and find, get lucky to find one. But um, so if you're if you're out there thinking about doing a zine, you know, ZineQuest ZineQuest can get you on the map. If you produce something that people like and people want, uh, it's probably the best. In my opinion, it's probably the best time to strike. And, and I if think you're also- not ready. If you're not ready, wait till next year. Right, because I've got a friend that did not have one ready, had an idea, who's also produced zines quite regularly. Uh, I think he's going on three years now. He had health issues and health issues and weird stuff and artist issues, and it turned into a nightmare. So if you're going to do it, it's better to be more than just a, an idea. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> and, and I'll reiterate, if you're going to do it for Zine Quest. I truly believe one of the one of the best ways you can sort of guarantee or at least enhance your success is to have it done. So that yes. it's so that when the Zine Quest ends, wait two weeks, get your money, and then get that thing printed and in people's hands. Um, don't make them wait six months or a year. Uh, you know, it's and you can uh, also can do a, a serviceable. You can do a serviceable uh, zine on using a Microsoft Word or Google Docs. You can, you yeah. Can, you can uh, you can do a nice layout, but you got to pay attention. So it made it a little bit more harder. But I just did a mock up for an adventure. Someone handed an adventure to me. I didn't realize that twelve thousand words was going to be forty pages. So I I had to. <laughs> so I, I go, what have I done? So I so I had to form my house for after my formatting, but I had to go back and format to double columns, and I had to create chapter. I, he gave it to me in blah, and I couldn't. I can't process blah, so I had to I had to do a quick layout in Word. You know, I'm not going to use Word, but but it's very serviceable if yeah. you do it right. I mean, it works fine. Let me let me tell you. I mentioned Goodman Games earlier. Goodman Games has a limit twenty five thousand. If you go twenty five thousand and fifty, they will tell you got to cut fifty words. They they don't mess around. Yeah, they do not. They say, and but they also provide that Bible, so you know how to format your chat. You know, format everything. You don't have to do the formatting so much, like the double columns stuff. But they tell you font, font size, header types, uh, all that kind of stuff. Right, they're even wanting the, even. Right, they're wanting to do the work that you should be doing up front. They don't want to be spending Absolutely. their time. They don't want you dropping a forty thousand page, you know, <laughs> single single line, single space <laughs> document. In somebody's lap, and and, uh, and using gold P, saying gold P, sometimes doing GP, sometimes doing G right. period P period. Because I've got yeah. an editor who does stuff for me, and he calls me out on stuff, and like, you're, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> it's like I'm inconsistent. I'll say yeah, yeah. I use one term another time, and a completely different term the other time. One's right, one's wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll I'll create a name of a creature, and I'll change the name of it as I go through multiple times. It's like. You shouldn't expect the editor to do that. <laughs> no, not at all. And love your editor. Yes. Uh, if you find an editor that you love and trust and they are good and they are timely and they and they give good feedback and they take good feedback, pay them well. Yeah. They are, they are worth it. It, it is. I've, I've actually been pretty fortunate, especially with Scoundrels. He's done work for Scoundrels, did editing, and he's also then did doing writing, and he also edits a lot of my other stuff, but it's... We just kind of, it's kind of a funny relationship uh, that we have. I think every once in a while, once it gets a little growly, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Um, I wish you luck with, with uh, Gary's, I, I wish you luck with Zine Quest. We'll call it, oh. we'll just say Zine Quest because it's, um, it's a fun experience and um, I think you're going to do just fine. 
Uh, oh yeah, I'm not worried about the future. I was just I'm trying to I was trying to break ten thousand uh, dollars, but I don't know that it's going to happen. <laughs> I was like, I'm really close. Like issue two, like issue three. He's like, nope. Issue four, nope. <laughs> I do think you hit plateaus, and then something. I've had two. I've had two times where my Delver, you know, it, it grew and then it plateaued and it did it again and it plateaued. So I'm hoping to figure out one more. Job. Well, I've also looked through different publications and it seems like sometimes you do have some that just dip and then they go back up. Like there yeah. might be, one. so I'm looking, it's like, there's, there's no easy way to predict anything. No. No, you just uh, you know do you put out your best stuff and hope hope that people like it and don't say well you've really lost the quality is going down I'm done uh, but uh, you know I will say this I, this has been probably one of the most enjoyable chats about zines and content creation that I've ever done I want to do this again so we got to do this again we do agreed we don't have to wait we don't have to wait years to do it yeah. And next time, maybe I'll actually be in my my actual workspace basement. My wife's getting her office painted, so there's it's like really empty in here and very echoey. There's not a warm, fuzzy feeling, but my basement is like 34 degrees. So what my, you should have done is, I think that uh, the story should have told us who's the the Japanese lady that uh, my wife used to watch her videos, where she's like, if it doesn't bring you joy, to get rid of it. Throw it out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like, my wife's office. This is this is how you know. What's full of she, stuff, and she just got rid of it all. Now we live in austere. Yeah. Very simple work <laughs> ethic. Uh, you know, nothing on the shelves. <laughs> just a vase. Just a vase. Just a vase. <laughs> and that's there for throwing. You know. Yeah, exactly. Mad. At you. That's a warning. You look at that vase. She looks at the vase. She looks at you. You're like okay. <laughs> It looks like you could take it. It's like it could be thrown multiple times without risk of shattering. So um. that is, and I, this is this is the guy in me. I didn't know. I used to work for a company. Every holiday, they would give all the employees a gift, and I was only at that company for three years. But I got three of these things. That's something called Waterford. It's very, oh, okay. Very very expensive. Not very expensive, but expensive. That sucker weighs probably nine pounds of glass. Yeah, you're probably right. If she threw it at me, I would be dead and the vase would still hold flowers next It'd be for the next husband. It'd be yeah, real. it's a, that thing, that thing is a weapon. That's a clue game weapon right there. Yeah, exactly. I think Jeffrey did it with the vase in his wife's office. Yeah. Okay. Good talking to you, Jeffrey. Hey, great, Dave. So anyway, good luck with your uh, Kickstarter and until next time, uh, take care. I appreciate it. We'll do this again soon, okay? Sounds great. Bye.